Spotlight Connecticut with Morgan Cunningham. Embracing what's fun with Connecticut on WTIC News Talk 1080. Would you go to space if you had the ability to do it? I mean, the resources, the time, the energy, the physique, all of that. If you had the ability and the chance to do it, would you go to outer space? Well, my former high school friend and classmate Brendan Hall answers that question with a big, loud yes. And he tells us all about it on Spotlight Connecticut. I mean, this is incredible. He is from Marlboro, Connecticut. And by the end of this year, he will have gone to space as part of Dear Moon, going around the moon and back to Earth. This is WTIC in Hartford. Hi, I'm John Heller from Granby, and I'm listening to Spotlight Connecticut with Morgan Cunningham on WTIC News Talk 1080. Well, I can't believe on the telephone with me is Brendan Hall, He and I went to high school together, Ram High School, in Hebron, Connecticut. And he's now going to outer space as part of the Dear Moon crew. And I just got to say, I don't know how to start the conversation with you, Brendan, other than just saying congratulations to you, my friend. (laughs) Thank you so much. It's, uh, It's a pleasure to be here. I'm excited to talk about this. Well, so many years have passed since you and I have seen one another and have talked, and I should probably just fill the audience in. It all began back in high school, Ram High School in Hebron, and you were a few grades ahead of me. When did you graduate? I graduated 2012. That's what I thought, 2012. I was the class of 2014, and when I was in, I believe it was freshman or sophomore year, you were part of Ram News, which was the closed-circuit TV news station for all of the students to watch. And there was a, an elite group of broadcast journalists, and you were one of them. And I remember you had come up with this introduction to Ram News, and it made me think to myself, I want to be part of that. And I guess that you've never <laughs> stopped with all of the photography and the video work, have you? Uh, No, I I got really lucky that I was passionate about it from when I was young. I mean, I started making films around when I was in middle school with just a little camcorder in my yard. And so I did the school news. I I was really lucky to have those resources at school and have a chance to take my passion and actually get to implement it in classes and, um, you know, with great people like you. There's nothing like being around other people that are passionate about the same thing as you. I've just for years chased that. And it's brought me to all these kind of different and eccentric places at times from documentaries. I made a lot of narrative short films in college. I filmed uh, skateboarding for a series of summers. And so for me, filmmaking has always been just kind of my way of meeting people and having new experiences. So long story short is uh, I kept making films (laughs) and now I'm lucky enough to do it for a living, which I think you can share it too, Morgan, is to do something you're passionate about. Is It definitely keeps you going. It really is. And I'm trying to pinpoint what was the inspiration for you? Were you at home watching movies one day and you're like, this is cool, I want to experiment with this? Where did this itch from within you come? I, I don't even think I quite realized this at the time, but I'd watch a lot of nature specials. I read National Geographic and I watched a ton of movies. And so I was definitely really into it. But I just remember having kind of the itch to capture stuff. For some reason, just the idea of getting a camcorder, filming, I imagine, music videos and little movies with my friends was like the most exciting idea in the world to me. Um, And and a lot of what I do now is just trying to take that wonder I had and that pure passion back then and during those years and make sure that's still a part of my day-to-day practice of doing this. Because as pressures come in and, and doing it for a living, 
uh, a passion starting so young really changes over time. But I'm just really grateful to have gotten to grow with it a little bit too. Well, before we talk about going to outer space, which is next for you, you have been exploring the whole Mother Nature, Planet Earth thing. Tell us some of the places that you've been to for photography, for video work. So, I mean, I am lucky enough. I've gotten to travel all over the world, uh, helping film documentaries, helping film videos for brands. Um, And so, man, I've been to Greenland on a shoot with Bill Nye, the science guy. I've been to a lot of countries in Africa, uh, Zambia, um, Nigeria, Tanzania. I've been to uh, Iceland, uh, the Congo, all around the the United States. And I'm finishing a film now in national parks I've been working on for five years, actually. And so that film brought me to over uh, 30 different national parks in the United States. Who are you working with now? Um, National Geographic, another partner? I work as a freelancer. So I'm a director, cinematographer, and editor. And I have some really nice relationships with different companies, um, both that create films as well as brands like National Geographic. And so part of, I guess, the excitement, but some people would hate this, is the uncertainty of what I do is, Sometimes I never know where I'm going to travel, even two or three weeks in advance. It's very much where jobs come to me, and someone thinks I'm a good fit for something, or I'm recommended, uh, and I get to go out and do that work. Wow, if you're learning just, say, two, three weeks before a big trip, you don't have a lot of time necessarily to research the project, or do you? Is that enough? (laughs) It depends on the project, you know. And with this space project, I'm lucky to have what right now is a year, but could end up being longer than that to do uh, some deep research and take some time. Although that still feels like it's impending very quick. But uh, what I really like doing is improvising. So I think part of why I make documentaries is I like going into situations and having them present just moments that I can't expect or I can't dream up. You know, like when someone sees a landscape in Alaska, and all of a sudden, just in that one single moment, it all kind of wells up and and hits them. Like, I really live for stuff like that. And so uh, something I've learned over time is is the lifestyle that I live with making these films. I think some people would really love and enjoy, and others wouldn't at all, because some people like a bit more structure and certainty with with how things are going. So, uh, but, But so far, it's worked for me. Anybody just joining in now on Spotlight Connecticut, I'm Morgan Cunningham. Our guest is Brendan Hall. He and I went to high school together. He's a freelance filmmaker. Everybody wants us to talk about space, but we're going to stay grounded for just a little bit longer, not too much longer. I do have a question here. When you're going to a new location, how do you prepare for it, other than obviously packing up your bags and getting your suitcase ready and getting all of your gear in order? That's not so much what I'm wondering. But the research that you put in when you're thinking about going to Greenland or Iceland or South America, wherever it is, what are you thinking leading up to that trip about the project? It's different for every project. I think that I definitely do as much research as I can. I want to know the place. I want to know the climate. I want to know at least a little bit, um, ideally a lot, as much as I can about the culture, what we're going to be seeing. But a lot of those decisions also come from the storytelling and the filmmaking. Um, so a lot of the work I do is with with people and doing interviews and kind of diving into their personal stories. And so a lot of that research is 
talking to them ahead of time and kind of figuring out what that story is we want to capture when we're there. Or other times it's more expedition focused. So like Greenland, we were with Bill Nye, the science guy. And I was helping film uh, for a documentary on Netflix um, with these really great directors, uh, Jason Sussberg and David Alvarado. And the long story short is a lot of that, they had kind of a plan and we had a plan with the gear, but it was just rolling with the situation, you know, taking a charismatic person, bringing him 200 miles from civilization onto a ice core drilling base and seeing what happens. And so it starts with the story, beginning with that dream and what do you want to capture and then researching the gear, you know, the clothing, the suits and, and all those limitations. All right, here we are. The anticipation is built. If I make the audience wait any bit longer, they're going to kill me. So, Brendan, let's talk about <laughs> space. Here it is, the the big conversation everybody's been waiting for. And my first question is really a simple one. How? How did this come to be, Brendan Hall, that you're going to space as part of Dear Moon? I've told this story before, but what really blows my mind about the whole thing was I, I heard about Dear Moon very much on a limb. I barely even remember first stumbling upon it. It wasn't something that someone sent me or that I'd been tracking to see when the applications would open up. But what I'll say is Yusaku Maizawa is leading the mission. He also goes by MZ. He had this vision of buying these seats on Starship uh, with SpaceX and bringing eight different artists and creatives on board uh, with this idea that we've seen uh, creative types go into space. Some of NASA's astronauts were very creative, but largely uh, they're scientists and they weren't civilians. And uh, this is a new perspective. I think that MZ's kind of whole pitch was what if Beethoven or Mozart had gone up into space? What would they have created? How would they have been inspired? Um, and I'm not saying I'm Beethoven or Mozart, but I do think that this group of honestly eccentric, but in the best way, and highly creative people will reflect this experience in a way uh, that we haven't quite seen before. So, so when I saw it online, just through an article, I could have got, done anything differently that day, and I might never have seen this article. So it was just pure uh, serendipity that I stumbled upon it. I just put in my name, I put in a couple photos of myself, and then that turned into uh, a whole selection process that actually lasted pretty much the whole length of 2021. So early in 2021, I applied online. That turned into a written response that I wrote up about some of my experiences, um, a one-minute video I ended up sending them, and then a series of interviews, all the way through medical examination and psychological examination. So we eventually all met up in person and did some group interviews and activities in person as well. And I specifically remember after doing the first Zoom interview where I actually saw real human faces and was talking to some of the Dear Moon staff, it went from being this like, not silly, but just like beyond uh, real kind of thing. You know, you just see something online, they're going to send you up to the moon and you're like, yeah, whatever. It's kind of like, you know, applying for the lottery. Um, but once I really did a Zoom interview and started talking with them, I felt just some really great energy. And I was like, you know what, I, I might actually be able to do this. At some point during these interviews and the conversations and you're meeting with the folks, part of the Dear Moon crew and the team making it all possible, did you think to yourself, oh man, this is happening? Like before you actually knew you were going to be part of the crew, did you have this feeling that I should start getting ready for this? I started feeling that I'd done a solo Zoom interview. I'd done a group Zoom interview. 
I started getting a little real. I did a medical exam, a Zoom interview with some doctors from SpaceX, like there's some of their medical staff. And that was just very cool to do and see what they asked me and all that. Uh, but then I did an in-person medical exam where I was actually flown out to UCLA hospital to basically undergo like civilian flight uh, medical exams um, to see if I'd be qualified and healthy to do this. And so that for sure was um, a really unique moment and kind of turning point in the process for me because I realized that MZ was beginning to really invest in me as a potential candidate for this, um, as well as it, it was kind of rigorous testing and things where I realized that that applicant pool, um, where over a million people applied for this online, which I'm still baffled by. Not that that many people apply, but that I'm in the eight chosen for it. But I'd say it was during those medical examinations, it started getting pretty real. I remember after that, uh, I, go, I go through this day, I'm like seeing my heart health and doing an EKG and chest and spine x-rays and all this stuff. And then in a couple of days after, I just hung out in Los Angeles with my girlfriend, Gabby. And that's when we really started having real conversations and reflection about all this. So I think that was the time I started saying some of the classic stuff of like, man, you got to get in shape. You know, you got to start making as good of decisions as you can. Uh, it's just a wild ride. Absolutely a wild ride. And you're talking with your girlfriend and your family, obviously, about this before and certainly after you've been chosen. How did they react to the news that you're going to space? Oh, man. Yeah. So when the moment I learned was Thanksgiving time of 2021, uh, the Dear Moon team said, we want to do one final interview with you, ask you some questions, get to know you just a little bit better before we make our final decisions. And so I sat down in front of my laptop, like I got my lighting ready, you know, and all dressed nice. Uh, and then a Zoom screen came up. And every time it was really kind of daunting because like the little pinwheel would come up for Zoom and I'd just be sitting there waiting a minute or two until all of a sudden Dear Moon would come up and this like incredibly important <laughs> interview in my life that could totally change my life was about to happen. Uh, kind of felt like a job interview on steroids. And so I was sitting there and I thought it was another interview and then the little pinwheel came up and it was just MZ just sitting there in a sweatshirt. And I was like, hey, <laughs> how you doing? And he started talking to me. We made some small talk. And then he said, do you want to know the results of Tier Moon? We've made our decisions. And that's when he said, uh, I'd like you to be a crew member. Uh, would you like to join me on this mission? And so in that moment, I just fell back in my chair. I mean, I couldn't even believe it. Uh, and time just kind of froze in that moment, right, when I knew I was about to hear the results because it was like, I grew up, <laughs> I watched some American Idol with my mom growing up. And I remember that moment of you're waiting to see who the winner is going to be. And in my own, like maybe miniature or big version of that, I mean, the stakes are pretty high. It felt like that, right? It's like this one moment that's about to change the entire course of your life. What was great was Gabby, my girlfriend, was actually on the other side of the door. And then she listened in through the door. And when I was selected in the call and did she open the door and she was crying and I had tears in my eyes and that was amazing. And then I waited to tell my parents in person over Thanksgiving and it was a mixture of joy and tears, happy tears um, in disbelief, but also that really serious uh, moment when my mom turned to me and she said, she was like, don't die. Like, I can't, I can't lose you. I can't have anything happen to you. And I support you doing this. And this is such an incredible thing, but uh, just know, like, this is this is a real decision you're making. 
But also I kept it pretty secret and I had to because the global announcement was a, a year. For a whole year, I had quite a few friends and people I was interacting with consistently that had no idea. You mentioned how your mom's reaction was, don't die. Have you been worried at all about any kind of mishap? What are your emotions about that aspect, the safety and the potential danger involved? Yeah, no, and it's a really important question. It's one I still take very seriously, and I made the decision, I think, based on feeling like this was something special, feeling like, aside from just the historic nature of it, I mean, we'd be, or will be, the first civilian crew ever in deep space and ever around the moon, and kind of potentially help be pioneers of this new era of privatized spaceflight where uh, many, many, many more people in our lifetimes will get the chance to do this. This is just the very beginning, which is cool. But feeling that gravity that I could be a part of something like that, uh, talking to MZ and really getting a sense that his intentions were pure and that he wanted to do something meaningful with this and believing that deeply, which I still do, those are the reasons I decided to do this. At the end of the day, like life's short and so much can happen. You never know what's going to happen. And so many kind of impossible, improbable things it led to that moment of me being selected where I kind of decided during that process that if I get selected for this, I've decided I'm going to take the leap and go for it. Now, do I have those fears? Definitely. And when I'm strapped into that rocket, will I be nervous and thinking about that? Like, absolutely. I'm human and, and that's really scary stuff. But I think I'm also at the point where I've decided to do this. And I'm proud to do this. And not to mention, I mean, SpaceX, their safety record is, is incredible. I really trust their technology, their testing processes, and just their mentality. I'm just taking all that energy and trying to put it into making the best film I possibly can, the best product I can, and, and represent this experience in a way that, that people feel good about. The risk. The reward. Brendan Hall, the stories you will have. The stories you will have once you have come back to Earth. Spotlight Connecticut with Morgan Cunningham. I'm Morgan Cunningham, and we will continue our conversation with Brendan Hall, native of Marlboro, Connecticut. He is going to outer space as part of Dear Moon. It's basically a partnership with SpaceX. He's going to go to outer space for several days. From what I understand, he's going to be up there for several days. He's going to wrap around the moon. He's going to come back to Earth. We will continue that conversation, trying to pick his brain a little bit more about what it's all about. But I first want to talk about how much this show really is, hopefully, to you as it is to me, a representation of Connecticut community. When you think about WTIC News Talk 1080 for a second, you probably realize how big our signal is. If you're in the state of Connecticut, chances are you'll pick us up. Maybe there will be a little bit of static at nighttime. It's a little bit different. But during the day when this program is on the air, you could literally be in Greenwich, Grevder, Dale, Salisbury, or Stonington, or anywhere in between those four quarters of Connecticut and pick up this station. Like I said, maybe a little static, maybe not perfect in some spots, but you can still hear us. I get messages from people all the time. The program is fairly new, and yet when I give out my email address, I hear from great people part of our overall Connecticut community. We're a small state. We're no California. We're no Texas. We're not Alaska. We're not Maine. We're a little Connecticut. And it's easy to enjoy every part that Connecticut has to offer within a day. You could take our station with you wherever you go on the air, but also online at WTIC.com and on the Odyssey app. 
And that is why when you're listening to my show, you hear those drops where people say, Hi, I'm Bob in Norwich, and I'm listening to Spotlight Connecticut with Morgan Cunningham. I'm asking listeners that I hear from, I'm asking some friends, I'm asking strangers, will you record those for me? And we can include them as part of our overall community. Now, it's not as hard as you think. First, you've got to know my email address, morgan.cunningham at odyssey.com, A-U-D-A-C-Y. I will give it out again. I know it's a mouthful. I'll give it out again so you can jot it down or type it into your phone, however you want to do it. I realize that people out there like to send me show ideas. Every week I get at least several, and I'm working on them. I've got them jotted down, and when the time is right, I will strike on most of these ideas that I'm getting. They're very good, so please keep them coming. But you can also send these greetings, and that is just what John and Granby did. John and Granby listens to WTIC. He has now for several decades. He is a big fan, and he listens to me during the week, and he listens to me on the weekend. And to my surprise, I got an email from him this week with an audio clip. He wants to be part of of those drops that I mentioned. So, the first thing that you'll hear when you hear these drops is this. This is WTIC in Hartford. The voice of the great Bob Steele there. And then in the background, there's this little music bed. You might be able to hear it under my talking. And then when I what I do is I take that and I mix in the voice recording that people record on their cell phones or we can arrange a time to talk on the telephone. But either way, you get your voice on the air, just like John and Granby did. This is WTIC in Hartford. Hi, I'm John Heller from Granby, and I'm listening to Spotlight Connecticut with Morgan Cunningham on WTIC News Talk 1080. See, it's easy, and that's how the final product comes out. So the basic format for this, if you'd like to record a voice message on your phone and send it to me by email, I'd love to include you as part of our big Spotlight Connecticut listening community because that's what this is all about. So the format... Hi, my name is, and you can say your name, your first name, your full name, that's fine. Then say your location, and then after that say, I'm listening to Spotlight Connecticut with Morgan Cunningham. So if it's me, just for example, hi, I'm Morgan in Hartford, and I'm listening to Spotlight Connecticut with Morgan Cunningham on WTIC News Talk 1080. You don't have to throw that last part in, but you can. So again, the email, if you'd like to do this, I'd love to get your voice on the air, part of our big community, it's Morgan, M-O-R-G-A-N dot C-U-N-N-I-N-G-H-A-M at odyssey dot com, A-U-D-A-C-Y dot C-O-M, Morgan dot Cunningham at odyssey dot com. On your cell phone, all you have to do is open up your voice memo and record one of these greetings and email it to me. If you're unable to do that for whatever reason, it is... Easy to send me an email and just say, let's do this over the phone, and I'll call you. We'll find a time, and we can record it, get it on the air. I am working on getting an automated phone number so you can call at any point in time if you don't want to send me an email or if you can't send me an email. We are working on that. Just give me a little bit more time. I will have that all figured out for you on WTIC News Talk 1080. We will get back to our conversation with Brendan Hall. I hope to hear from you as part of our big Connecticut listening community. More from Brendan on his trip to space next. This is WTIC in Hartford. Hi, I'm Justin Iraqi Hill, and I'm listening to Spotlight Connecticut with Morgan Cunningham. Our guest on Spotlight Connecticut is Brendan Hall, Connecticut native, 
He and I went to high school together. He's a freelance filmmaker now going to outer space as part of the Dear Moon crew. So happy to have him on Spotlight Connecticut this week. This is just a fascinating topic and conversation. How are you preparing for this physically to get up to outer space? Yeah, so our training schedule hasn't yet been determined because that's going to kind of come with the schedule of when the rocket, it's called Starship. So this is, uh, we're going to fly in SpaceX's sort of flagship rocket. Uh, it's the largest ever built, um, and it's going to be the largest rocket launch ever. And they're actually testing it, doing their first orbital launch in a couple months, which is really cool. So they're going to try to launch Starship with no crew, orbit it around the Earth, and then bring it back. Those are some major milestones, and then from there we'll start thinking about training and timelines and what that looks like. But at the moment, personally, I mean... <laughs> It's kind of like New Year's resolution uh, energy sometimes where I want to keep getting in shape and keep getting ready for this, but it is a little bit far off. But at the same time, it has been a really nice inspiration. I mean, I'm eating better. I'm starting to exercise more and just be mindful about my energy, too, because like the energy I wake up every day with and can give to this project and this experience is only going to make it better for me and also make it a better message and a better opportunity to impact people. I can't speak to how the training process will go because it's different for every mission. Um, but in the past, I mean, they do G-force training. They've flown uh, fighter jets. They've, you know, hiked mountains together, done wilderness training, um, all sorts of physical training as well. That's going to be a fun challenge. And as a filmmaker, like a camera is my tool and it kind of becomes a part of your body. And so I think uh, strengthening my body and just being really in touch with that mind-body connection is going to be really important, especially in like zero gravity and tight quarters and, you know, all, all these factors at play. Does Dear Moon have an idea when liftoff is going to be? So right now, the estimated timeline is uh, end of 2023. Um, but just kind of given the way that these uh, rocket developments happen, you know, delays are very common in processes. Uh they tend to get pushed down the line here and there, but the most uh, current estimate SpaceX has is 2023. And how long are you going to be out there in space? Six days? Is that what I read? Yeah, it's like a six or seven day journey. So it's about three, three and a half days each way. And so we'll go around the dark side of the moon and if the conditions are right, see Earth rise. Uh, and I think that when we go behind the moon, it, it depends on if NASA, NASA is doing a really cool mission called Artemis II, that they're doing something similar, but sending a crew of astronauts around to do a moon orbit, um, which it may happen before us. And so I'm not sure how this works out, but basically, uh, as it's planned now, when we go back across the dark side of the moon, we can get deep enough into deep space where I think we'll have gone the furthest any humans have gone through that moment of time, which would be uh, just incredible. I mean, I can't even fathom that. You're not planning to go on the moon itself physically, are you? We are not, no. I think uh, I've met a lot of the other crewmates, and all of them are, are some majorly kind of passionate and adventurous spirits. I think all of us in a perfect world would totally sign up for something like that. But also the truth of it is it takes a, probably a rigorous training and scientific training um, and deep purpose. But uh, for us, we're doing an orbit. What kind of equipment are you going to bring to outer space and going around the moon? Do you even know if your video camera is going to work up there? 
How are you preparing on the equipment side? Kind of early stages, um, but essentially what it'll look like is I know that SpaceX is developing camera technologies, um, or at least a plan for them inside Starship, uh, as well as I have a close friend who's involved in helping film NASA's Artemis missions. And so we have this kind of like little brain trust going where this has kind of given me keys to some really cool doors to open up and kind of uh, ask people what their experiences are like. I'm talking to someone uh, probably next week about like gimbals, you know, like uh, motorized gimbals in space, and he developed space gimbals. And uh, you have to think about things like radiation gets on your camera sensor. Uh, My friend was explaining to me uh, that you have to use batteries, which then go to hard drives, which then the media, do you need a laptop or how do you charge things? And all of this inside like a big floating, you know, ship (laughs) detached from the ability to generate much energy. And so it'll be really interesting to figure that out. What's cool about Starship is um, it's huge. I mean, it's designed to potentially someday bring up to 100 passengers into deep space flight. And so we will have each like kind of a private bunk, which is really unique uh, from what they're planning so far. And the payloads that Starship will be able to bring are going to be significantly, significantly larger than anything we've seen in space, and especially deep space. So uh, me and then the other kind of media makers on the trip, there's a a couple of uh, photographic artists, uh, another video maker, filmmaker. um, And so all together, we've been kind of uh, getting excited at the idea of bringing gear because we're all the kind of people that like when we travel, we're always bringing too many check bags full of stuff. (laughs) But I have a feeling we'll have to to whittle it down. But that's part of what excites me too. And you know, something I'm grateful for in this whole process, even now, it's such early stages, but it's making me think in a lot of different ways. You know, I have to think um, kind of as a gearhead and technologically and engineering wise of how that'll work. I have to think creatively, artistically about what that process looks like, as well as more from a business standpoint of the production companies and how to figure out the right framework to actually get this all produced and made. And then just on a, honestly, a a more spiritual kind of existential side of what this means personally, what this means in this larger, uh, you know, kind of moment in history. And so all that stuff. So I'm challenged every day and and from the camera gear to everything else, I just, I just love doing it. It's been a a really big challenge um, and I'm just trying to embrace it every day. Is there any way for us here on planet Earth to stream this or watch this on television somewhere while you guys are out on your journey, or are you totally off the grid for several days? You will definitely be hearing from us um, a lot, and we need to see. You know, I can't speak for SpaceX or the technology, but I think that there's a really good chance we'd be able to live stream our launch where you can actually watch it happen in, in the capsule in real time, potentially live stream transmissions back from it. Um, I have a feeling you're going to be hearing a lot from us and be, being given a really meaningful inside perspective as it unfolds. The technology is going to show this in a way that's never quite been done before. I actually think from a filmmaking side, that that's one of the unique parts of this is we'll be able to share it with the world in a way that's never been done before simply because of the technology. Our guest on Spotlight Connecticut, Brendan Hall is his name. He's a Connecticut native who's now going to outer space as part of the Dear Moon crew. To this point, he's been a freelance filmmaker, still is. But when you go to outer space, 
That is a huge item on your resume for sure. I want this talk show to be a little bit of a time capsule, Brendan, okay? So we can go back and play this in, say, five, ten years and compare what you're about to say now to your experiences on the moon and what you'll say when you come back home. What do you think the moon is like now just being grounded, never going to space? Wow. First of all, I think that's just like the coolest question. I love everything about that. <laughs> and I really appreciate you asking it. Um, okay. I mean, it's on the spot and I haven't honestly thought as much about this. I think that what I expect to feel is some form of what is they, they call it the overview effect. So it is a studied and kind of known psychological effect that happens in astronauts and people that have had a chance to go up and see the earth as this little kind of glowing marble, you know, floating and looking back on, you know, this, this fragile planet that we have and everything that's, that's sitting there that um, we're, you know, I think I first heard it from a guy, Stuart Brand was, he called it spaceship earth is we're kind of on a spaceship now, we're in a, a rock floating through space. And this is the only ship we have at the moment. Uh, so we might as well get along on it. That's what he would say. But um, so I think what I expect is looking back and seeing Earth, seeing just the, the fragility of that little little piece of light and being so far from it and just getting that new sense of importance to protect our planet and be really careful with our resources, with our empathy for one another. Um, and so that I think that's the feeling I've been a lot focused on. But what I'm just excited for, the unknowns of that, like, I don't know exactly what's going to go through my head or what that feeling is going to be seeing that and then seeing the moon close up. It's almost too impossible to believe, but I think the moment I think to is looking out the window and seeing just the surface of the moon filling the window outside our ship and then turning inside to see this, you know, kind of eccentric group of artists from all these walks of life that I've gone from, never knowing in my life to since last year and over the course of these next few years are going to become like family in a way. And so that's the moment I'm sitting in now, but I can't wait to tell you again when I come back about what, uh, yeah, what was the real moment that just really shook me up or changed my perspective in a way? Because I have a feeling that that moment is something that I don't know what it is yet. And that's an honestly good answer, because if I were in your shoes, I probably wouldn't have an answer or much of an answer yet either, because this is one of those experiences where just such a small handful of people on planet Earth have been able to do, go to outer space. So I'm going to be very interested in asking you about that. Hopefully we can talk again once you come back home. Absolutely. No, I'd love to. And uh, I just, it was such a pleasure, you know, going to high school with you and Seeing what you're passionate about too. I think that's incredibly special. And if there, there's any message in all this stuff, it's that your dreams aren't as far away as you think they are, you know, and going to the moon or space or any of this was never on my checklist, but just loving films and loving documentaries and making films in nature kind of led to all of that. Brendan Hall, pleasure speaking with you. I'm sorry we're out of time on Spotlight Connecticut. Is there anything else you'd like to say? Shout out to your hometown. What was it, Marlboro? You were from Marlboro, right? Absolute shout out to Marlboro, my hometown. Um, obviously, my parents. And then uh, Paul Bancroft, who 
was the the teacher in Ram High School that, that connected us and did so much for me. He's a big reason why I'm here to talk about all this stuff today. Spotlight Connecticut with Morgan Cunningham. Embracing what's fun with Connecticut on WTIC News Talk 1080.